The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Just 45 minutes from downtown Toronto, you'll find the most beautiful and affordable public golf course in all of Ontario. And believe me, I've played most of them. Outstanding customer service, million-dollar views. Wait, billion-dollar views. Fabulous food, fabulous beverages, great driving range, and, and, of course, a championship golf course that's always in pristine condition. And it's a public course. You'd think you were at a private golf course. They treat you like, like well, like royalty. If you book your tee time online rather than by phone, you save $10 per golfer. So that's like uh, $40 a foursome. Enough to have lunch at the Back Nine Bistro, grab a brewski, what are you waiting for? Go to crosswindsgolf.com. Book your tea time online. Save some dough. And when you get there, make sure you tell them Hebsey sent you. And you know what? I'm going to see you there this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. I'll be golfing. <laughs> Mike, let's start the podcast. They're coming. They're coming to town. They're coming to Southern Ontario. They're coming to Canada in October. Like their whole, they're doing a whole Canadian tour. Los Lobos. Let's go. Let's go together. You wanna go? I feel like you'd have backstage passes with your. I'll tell you what. Tell you what. You get if you get the if you if you provide the transportation, we'll go to the Hamilton show. The Hammer. Wanna go to the Hamilton show because you're out in the West End, right? I am. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're gonna talk about this uh, off air. Maybe on air. Hey, sports fans, welcome to Hebsey on Sports. It's episode number 300. Relax, it's a number. Okay, it's a number. It's a milestone. It's not a milestone. Not when your producer and co-host has over a thousand podcasts under his belt. And so, you know, we're going for the bronze medal maybe here. I'm Mark Hebsher. Joining me as usual, the amazing Toronto Mike, the aforementioned one. Today on the show, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl favorites, the Buffalo Bills, and their destruction of the defending Super Bowl champions last night. It was, it was unbelievable. It was great. I was jumping up and down. I almost hit my head on the ceiling here. This is someone who's been a Bills fan since 1964. Wow. Okay, come on, man. Albert DeBinion, Jack Kemp, Daryl LaMonica, the Mad Bomber, Cookie Gilchrist. We'll get into the Blue Jays who enjoyed their off day. I hope they did anyway, because now the real running begins. And down the stretch they come. Woo. Do they have the horses? Speaking of which, um, do you change the name of the Queen's Plate to the King's Plate now? Just something to think about. Just uh, The U.S. Open has been fabulous. This year. Oh, the Jays, yeah, they're playing in Texas. this week. John Gibbons is going to be at the games. Mm. Maybe he's going to be at the games. I wonder who he's rooting for. Just think maybe, you know, <laughs> hey. Is there a job for me on this team? I'd love to see him on the broadcast too. He's great on Twitter. Gonna um, have to get vaxxed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I hadn't even thought of that. The U.S. Open has been fabulous this year. The only problem is that second night match they have. I had to stay up till nearly 3 a.m. to see one of the greatest matches ever the other night. I, me and seven other people probably saw it. And I fell asleep during the third set, woke up in the fourth set, fell asleep in the fourth set, woke up in the fifth set. It was unbelievable. But I had to stay up till nearly 3 a.m. We got to stop this. The tennis is great. Nobody's watching it. Also, why I never worked at the Fan 590, even though I was I was there when it was uh, 1430 CKFH, 1430 CJCL, it was the sports station. I was more than qualified to talk sports. Uh, there were some forces going against me. Do I regret it? No. Do they regret it? Maybe they do. Uh, before we say uh, officially say hello to Toronto, Mike, breaking news. Sporting events across Britain, including the entire professional soccer schedule, have been cancelled due to the passing of Queen Elizabeth yesterday. 
We and our clubs, I'm quoting here, we and our clubs would like to pay tribute to Her Majesty's long and unwavering service to our country, said Richard Masters, the chief executive of the Premier League. It means I won't be watching Spurs in Man City tomorrow. I'll be in wow. mourning. They'll be in mourning. Sporting events scheduled for today, including horse racing, golf, cycling, and cricket, uh, huge events, uh, were postponed. Schedules will also have to be rearranged for matches around the time of the Queen's funeral, which is expected to be next weekend or Monday, September 19th. So it's going to be a huge issue for soccer. The schedule is already compressed here. Mike, um, you got the World Cup coming up in November, December. So that's a six-week break from domestic competitions, international competitions. Everything stops in soccer. So where are you going to play these games? Um, this is a, you know, it's an issue. And it raises the question, is, is that too much? Or uh, under what circumstances? How, how do you pay respect to someone when the nation is in mourning? What do you stop doing? Do, do classes, uh, no school? Um, businesses, some open, some don't open, sporting events. Um, anyway, something we'll discuss, definitely. Um, yeah, what, under what circumstances do you cancel? Yeah, when JFK was assassinated in 1963, the NFL played a full schedule two days later. But they regretted that Friday. decision. They regretted that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they did. Okay. So to me, and, but wait a second. When Martin Luther King was assassinated, that's 1968, April, just before the, 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 the opening day for Major League Baseball, every major sport, hockey, basketball, golf tournament, Golf tournament, it was on a Friday. The golf tournament, uh, the Greens, Greater Greensboro canceled the final 36 holes. Nope, we're not playing with Martin Luther King. And Major League Baseball was going to go on with opening day, which was the Monday, and they waffled for two days while all these other sports canceled their events. And then the black players, which were led by Roberto Clemente, because the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1968 were the most integrated team by far in major league baseball like i'm serious mike like over half their roster were black or, or you know were dark, um, were non-whites people of color people of color so what they did was led by clemente the great roberto clemente a lot of people don't know this um he helped lead the postponement of opening day where teams had to push their opening days back a few, a couple of days where schools were closed on the day of Martin Luther King's funeral. I mean, it was a big deal. And this was 1968 and they had to fight to be able to say, no, I don't want to play the sport or do this. I, I need to mourn. Anyway, I think they're doing the right thing in England. The nation's in mourning. Yeah. No, one thing once now it's difficult from a North American perspective, because, of course, the uh, the protocol around the royal family is uh, off the hook over in uh, England. But I will say that there's a very big difference to me between uh, JFK and King getting assassinated, you know, as young men. Yes. To a 96 year old woman passing away. I do agree, time. but I'm not from England. Right. No, it's not I, my call. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? If this happened in Canada if, and someone from England uh, commentator said, well, I don't know. That's not your business. Yeah. I'm not, and and I also understand. I do, and I don't understand because I don't live there, and I'm not from that culture. How the royal family is like in everybody's DNA, whether they like it or not. Right. Yeah. It's, anyway. Yeah. Something. By the way, Rogers Communications has hired Lisa Laflamme, a special correspondent in London, to cover the story for them. Good. Good for them. That's good. Looking forward to seeing Lisa in her element again. That's good news. Um, 
yeah so there you go breaking news um breaking how, news how are you my friend no good to see you and i just want to say uh how happy i am to hear you so crystal clear in the headphones uh, i really talk. i need to apologize to all of you listening and anyone that uh listened to even like five minutes of of that uh, of episode 299 which i honestly was about to, i was gonna hit the delete button mike i just you know and of course along the way you couldn't say to me you know because you didn't know if the phone was dropping out but anyway we're back. We're great. Thanks to my girlfriend, Serena, for fixing it. Okay. Serena, oh, the, the goat. The greatest of all time. Absolutely. When it comes to tech <laughs> issues, troubleshooting. I mean, like, there's troubleshooting and then there's troubleshooting. And then there's someone who, who can troubleshoot a million levels down a rabbit hole. And I think it was level number, you know, 642,000 that she got to before she found the problem. And then went, ah, and it was all. So no more phoning it in, Hebsey. We want your uh, you got your it. All right, effort. all right, giddy up. We got time here. We got time. Every football pundit I know, everybody has mm. picked the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl, including me. Wow. And this was before the Bills manhandled the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium in the NFL opener last night on TSN. And are they happy at TSN? They're thrilled, <laughs> thrilled. They 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 sent two reporters to the opening game because it's the Thursday night. It's the first game. It's the bills and the Rams and what a great marquee matchup. And so like, yeah, Farhan Lalji and Dave Naylor. All right, you guys go off. You go paid for the expenses and everything. Wow. And then they bring in Luke Wilson, who already is like the best football analyst I've ever heard since John Madden. This guy's fabulous. He's on with Jay uh, on last night. Tremendous. And he's on before the games. What a great analyst. And he's got the best hair. Uh, you know, of any reporter, male or female. And he's like six, six or six. No, wait a minute. Let me think about this. He was, uh, he was standing with Corey Warren. I think he was sitting when he was with Jay, but I mean, like Jay's like six, six. Okay. Right. And, and Luke, Luke's like, I don't know. I don't know he might be six, eight, <laughs> but anyway, he's terrific. It was a great broadcast. And, and the final score was 31, 10 for the bills. And it wasn't even indicative of the play. It sh they should have scored 60 points every time they had the ball. Josh Allen, 26 for 31. You kidding me? They turned the ball over three times in the first half alone. The score is 10-10 at halftime. And you're sitting there going, oh, man, like what chances they had if they can only hang on to the football. And in the second half, they just blew him out. Um, Allen threw three touchdown passes, 297 yards. Vaughn Miller, newly acquired, rush end. Uh, two sacks out of the seven sacks that the Bills had on Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's the defending Super Bowl champion quarterback. You kidding me? Wow. Made him look like a, like a Pop Warner League quarterback. Lots more games this weekend, too. TSN CTV, is, this is gold for them. Gold, Jerry. Because the Bills are not just a contender. They're like, they got superstars. They got the, you know they're saying? Best quarterback of the NFL? I don't know. Let's find out. It's great. No, but I've Love it. I'm just, you know, nervous for my Buffalo friends because it sounds like we're setting everything up again for another heartbreak at the end of the season. I don't know. And the way they went out last year. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, ho let's hope not. But you got to watch the games, right? Right, right. This is sort of like, I know what you mean. It's sort of like following the Leafs this year. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Let's get to the playoffs and see what happens, right? But come on. Right. It's exciting along the way. It's good. It's good. It's good for everybody. It's good for the sports fan. Good for the viewer. I'm happy for it. Uh, so things looking good at Bell Media. Good for them. Okay. Profits, profits. Maybe no, maybe no layoffs this year. And you know how important that is. Maybe to us. no layoffs this year, please. <laughs> Things looking pretty good at Rogers too. eh? Lisa LaFlamme, London. Okay. Next assignment. I don't know. 
Hockey Night in Canada? <laughs> yeah, we were talking before recording. Uh, Blue, Jay, Blue Jays baseball? I mean, yeah. you're talking about, you know, pretty solid journalists there. You know, I mean, I'd like, to, I, I got news for you. I would love to see Rogers scoop her and uh, maybe give Rick Westhead a run for his money at TSN Bell Media. Do some investigative reporting. Huh? Hockey Canada stuff. I don't know. Just the thought. I'm just saying. And if the Blue Jays make the playoffs, which they should, you know, uh, more money. Although, wait a second, if they don't have any home games in the first round, I don't know how much more money they'll make. But anyway, if they do make the playoffs, even better. Uh, it would be nice to see some home playoff games uh, as it is right now. Just just make the playoffs, like just get in. And then, you know, let's let our great starting pitching uh, look after that. Um, this weekend, they play three in Texas against the lowly Rangers. Ross Stripling gets the ball for the Jays against Dane Dunning tonight. Jays half a game back of the Mariners, one and a half back of Tampa. Next week, they host Tampa for four games at the Dome. I'm at the Tuesday game. There's two of them. I'm at the 107 game. It's the first of two loony dog games. Are they out of their minds? <laughs> Having two football game, baseball games the same day and a dollar for what do they call those things that they're giving away? Wieners. <laughs> Wieners. <laughs> ah, all I know is this. After what happened last week, Mike, I hope the person sitting next to me is a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Everybody except for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is healthy on the Jays. He's day-to-day. He's got a hammy. You know, he did that stretch to try to be out the, you know, the, the, the double play, and he, and he turned his ankle or twisted something. And the other thing, too, is that there are some guys on the Jays. I mean, if I give you the name of a guy and I say, let's say this guy gets hit by a pitch or goes down in a heap, what's his reaction going to be like? And I said to you, for example, Matt Chap, what would he do? Yeah, well, Matt, he, he got hit by a pitch. What would he do? He gets hit by a pitch. What would he do? He, he'd, he'd get back up. He wouldn't even rub it. Right. He wouldn't even, he'd just go to first base. <laughs> if the, if that, if Lourdes Gurriel Jr., for example, got hit by a pitch, how would he react? Would he react the same way, do you think? Uh, no, I think there'd be a little more like soccer uh, culture, maybe in that. Uh... A little more animated. Right. Right. <laughs> like in saw so you watch soccer somebody gets like a, a little elbow to the right. shoulder and they go down like they're shot yeah right 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 springer though like like springer for example he'll tumble and do six and a half and bang into the wall and then he'll bounce up again right but i don't know yeah but some guys make it it's like you know what are you okay and then the guy's just fine or whatever but anyway um we got to have spring i've mentioned this before i'll do it again and john schneider knows this too right you don't have a lot of left-handed hitting. Certainly you don't have any left-handed power in that lineup at all, at all. I mean, Kevin Biggio has got six home runs, maybe. Uh, Tapia doesn't have any power from the left side. You don't have anything there. So you've got you've to gotta make sure that you've got your best right-handed hitters, the guys who can hit righties and lefties. And you've got to have Springer and you've got to have Kirk every day in the lineup, which means Springer's got to be playing center field. He's got to be out there. And he has been. I don't mind the defensive replacements at the end. You're good there. I'm okay with, you know, with Zimmer coming on or Jackie Bradley Jr.'s beautiful, nice guy to have. <coughs> and 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 um, Tapia, I'm fine with that. But George Springer's got to be in the lineup every day and pretty much playing center field. This guy, you know, you've rested him during the season. He's got to play every game. Rotation looks solid. You got Manoa, you got Gosman, you got Berrios, you got Stripling. You got four choices. One of those guys not going well. You plug in stripling, I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. 
I, I like watching Stripling pitch. And the bullpen's been excellent of late and could get a boost. And a little caveat here, because we've talked about this guy for a long time, and I'm, I'm probably the number one guy in saying, come on, he's injury prone. I mean, he could hurt himself getting out of a car. We're talking about Nate Pearson. Mm -hmm. And it's because he came with, what did he come with? He came with credentials. Did he not, Mike? When we first heard of this guy, we drafted this guy. Right. He right. was going to be the next Roger Clemens, right? Roy Halliday, Dave Steve. Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. In the meantime, we have to, we can't not look at his progress. It's like any other pick. It's like, has he still got a chance? Is he get, you know, what's like, what, what's happening with this guy, right? So he pitches an inning in Dunedin in his rehab. He doesn't, doesn't strike anybody out, but he gets three outs, right? And throws like 10, 12 pitches. Then he goes to Buffalo. And yesterday, I think it was yesterday, he, he strikes out a guy. He throws nine pitches, six of them for strikes. And he gets all three outs in Buffalo. And now it's like, okay, how much longer? And then, like, let's see what we got here. Like, how long are we waiting? Like, do we wait a while and see if he gets his feet wet in Buffalo and, and is commanding his pitches in Buffalo and then say, okay, now he's ready? Or you just say, no, let's just see. Let's go. I mean, there's going to be got to be a situation where you can use the guy to throw to three batters. You have to throw to a minimum of three batters, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you bring him in the middle of an inning. So what's the plan? Let us know because it would be nice to have him for, you know, if he's good seventh inning guy, throws a hundred miles an hour, a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, no doubt. But you, you've never been a believer in uh, Nate Pearson. I mean, over no, no, years. because no one has, because we haven't seen, we don't know what he can do. We only know that he gets hurt and he's pitched, hasn't pitched at all. He's 26 years old. So I want to see like, you know, shit or get off the pot, right? Like, let's see. Or is he going to be, is, is he in your plans for Buffalo? We want to help. We want to, you know, we want him to help Buffalo to win. I, I don't know. I got to believe he's, he's on the major league roster, right? He's on the 40. Sometimes these pitchers take a while. Like I'm, I'm thinking now, I know yeah, blister I, issues, but like an I'm hour prepared, later. I'm prepared to wait. I'm prepared to wait, but like, come on, let's go. <laughs> one inning in Dunedin, one inning in, in Buffalo. What's next? Right. All right. Now, by the way, um, can we stop whining about Manoa or any other pitcher that's close to throwing a complete game? Why are you taking him out? Blah, 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 blah. Shut the fuck up with this. Do you not understand? It's not about you. It's not about the pitcher getting a complete game. It's not about that at all. You're, you're going for the playoffs, man. Okay. How many times have you seen a pitcher in the postseason? Oh, I don't know. Clayton Kershaw, let's say. And you're going, is this the same guy? That was the Cy Young winner. Is this the same guy that was lights out in September? Yeah, it's him. Why do you, is his arm falling off? Yeah, yeah, his arm's falling off because you wanted him to have a complete game. He threw 115 pitches back in whenever with a three-run lead or whatever the case is, <laughs> right? Because because he, because he stared at you when you went to take him out of the game. This right. is Dave Roberts and, you know, this is manager Dave Roberts, the whole thing. Take him out. Take him out. Now, taking him out during a perfect game, that's a different argument. Well Taking him out with a shutout going, oh, maybe that's another one. But to have a complete game and, and risk, risk him throwing 110, 115 pitches when he doesn't have to, and he doesn't have to. Okay, so I'm with you. So shut up with this. Shut up with it. Shut up. It's about a personal thing right. on a team sport. Now, if the rest of the team is like, yeah, oh, yeah, we would like to see him. Get, you say, oh, okay. Uh, now, when he comes out and we really need him in late October and his arm is falling off, are you going to go, geez, maybe we shouldn't have done that. 
Think of the team. Think of your fans. Don't think about one little incident in game one of 162 games. Think of the big picture. Please, I beg of you. <laughs> well said, but I don't think many, I don't think many uh true fans give a rat's ass about complete games. Like I've never really cared all my no! you know. Complete games, no. What what no! And, and even shutouts, I don't think it really is a big deal anymore in 2022. But I think what people get upset about and I don't know what your thoughts are is when the guy's got a no-no going and they pull him like it does bother me when a guy's got a no-hitter and he gets pulled because he's on a pitch count see that's when I get a little little ticked off because it's it's I want to see the guy get the no-hitter but complete of course game, you do because you're selfish you don't care times. about you don't care if the team wins the championship you want to see the no-hitter well, I am I admittedly I, I you know that's all sports exists is to please me so I am super <laughs> selfish like, that's why sports exist I'm selfish I want to see a no-hitter and we'll I want to see a chance, and I want to see a World Series championship. How about that? So okay, if you so and I are together, I say, "Fuck the no hitter." Fuck okay. it. I so want to be on no no late eight. October. If, okay, let's say seven. He's got a no no through seven innings, and it's time to you know bring in a reliever. Uh, you're fine with that because you you know what's going to help us in October, right? And what I'm saying to you is, you're making it seem like a no hitter is like the rarest of things. It's still like exciting actual, to see. Like, is uh, it? But is it? We've had one in franchise history. Whip, do. One. You know how many one hitters I sat through? You know how many times I saw Dave Steve give up? Yeah. I'm telling Jim Clancy. But the right. worst one was Jim Clancy. Oh, Jim the Bush. Jim, right. Randy Bush. I would, oh my God. The sound I can still hear the sound of the bat hitting the ball. It sounded like a like a banjo string broke. Oh, <laughs> the bloop single. Oh my God. Broken bat, shattered bat over Garcia's head. He's reaching for it. I can see him. He's going to make the catch, and it's just out of uh, outstretched. It's over his outstretched hand. He actually mistimed his jump. The ball yeah. was hit with such – oh, God. I can see. You know, that was a lot of horrible one-hitters. Horrible, horrible, but horrible, 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 horrible. So, I saw Roy Halladay have a no-no through eight and two-thirds, and he gave yeah. up a home run. But if I make – I saw quick, that too. I was there that day too. Yeah, Bobby last game of the yeah. season, if I remember correctly. You but, were saying. You were saying. Oh, just saying that when you have one in franchise history and it happened in Cleveland, I think if a, if a Blue Jay pitcher has a no-no going at home at the Dome, please let him let him pitch until he gives up a hit. That's that's Mike talking here, and I'm very selfish. Thank you for your time. No, it's, Mike, it depends. If it's in April, sure. Who knows, right? If it's in September, I don't know, man. How many innings has he got under his belt? Are they are they looking at Manoa's innings? He's looking at 200 innings. He's going to look going to have it. I think he's got four more starts. Is that significant? When all is said and done at the end of the year, you're going to go, oh, geez, you know, he did have 201 and two thirds innings. Maybe we shouldn't have pitched him those last 11 and two thirds innings and saved him. I don't know, man. But nowadays, especially with analytics, it's like, nope, that's it. That was pitch number 96. Right. Effectiveness is down to, I don't know what to tell you. All I know is this it's going, baseball's going in a different direction. Is it for the better? We'll see. Because the introduction of a pitch clock next year, a ban on the defensive shift Woo. next year, and larger bases wow. for next year. Uh, they're, they're voting today, Major League Baseball voting today, uh, which in, ultimately the league has the power to push through the changes it wants, and those are going to be the three changes. Under the proposed pitch clock, pitchers are going to have 20 seconds to start their throwing motion. By the way, there's got to be jobs available at MLB to, to, to time all these things, <laughs> they, to, to take into account all these new changes. You're going to have to hire more staff, right? More, more officials, office officials, VAR, uh, you know, everything. Um, so you got 20 seconds if you're the pitcher, right? 20 seconds to start the throwing motion with runners on base. 15 seconds if the bases are empty. So a pitcher's got to be aware 
Uh oh, you know, guys on base, I got 20, but you know, I better get it going in 15. That's good. Under the proposed shift restrictions, a minimum of four players, besides the pitcher and catcher, would have both feet completely in front of the outer boundary of the infield dirt. You know, the one I remember I mentioned, Mike, the sort of triangle out there right. where, where both the, the infielders cannot be, you know, even with second base. They've got to be on either side of, and there's a restricted area there that they can't be in when the pitch is thrown. Got it? So you can't be sneaking into that area as the pitch. So someone's got to watch that. Got to be another umpire saying, no, 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 like a footfall. Taking notes here. In tennis. Footfall. Oh, oh, he moved. I saw the shortstop moved, and he was in the restricted zone when the pitch took place. And if that happens, it's a dead ball, no matter what happens, unless it's a hit. And then the other team could say, you know, screw it. We don't care that he stepped into the restricted zone. Right. Right? Yeah. Or it's a ball against the team, you know, the pitching team, a ball. Right? That, you know, there's various ways it's going to be like, what's, how does the scoring work on this one? What, is it an automatic ball? So, um, yeah, crazy. Um, among other points in the league's final proposal prior to the vote, according to people with knowledge of the proposal, so the pitch clock, the timer starts when the pitcher has the ball and the catcher and the batter are in the dirt near home plate and the play is ready, meaning runners have retreated if there was a foul ball or they've exited the field after an out. So none of this lollygagging and jogging after an out. It's like, round it out, get off the field, right? right? Good. You were thrown out at second base, get off the field, okay? So the pitch timer starts with the second pitch of the game. Not the first. So as soon as the second pitch start, take that's when the timer starts. Gotcha. Now a pitcher who violates the clock is charged with an automatic ball. If a catcher violates the clock, automatic ball. Batters in violation receive an automatic strike. And umpires can also award a ball or a strike if they detect a player circumventing the clocks and the commissioner's office could issue discipline beyond that to term which players or which staff violated the rules. Are you kidding me? <laughs> umpires have the discretion to, oh, no, no, no. So I'm on, now I'm the ump. You haven't done anything wrong except get the fuck in the box. Get in the box. That's a strike. And now the guy looks at me and he says, what? And you go, that's another strike. Okay, because now you're causing more time. And I have the clock, the clock goes. Maybe there's different sounds for the clocks, the different, you know, ones. Like, strike, ball. Guy was standing in the restricted zone. You know, it's nuts. It's going to be a clusterfuck, man. Well, Canada Kev's on your YouTube channel right now, and he's wondering, are we going to have video replay of these uh, timings and positions? Like, Let me get to that. Okay. Some, some because, because we now have to know which plays are reviewable and which right. plays aren't reviewable. Right. And if you can tell me now in Major League Baseball which plays are reviewable, like, like ball or strike is not reviewable, right? Balls and right. strikes aren't reviewable. You can't say, oh, that pitch was actually a strike. It's a ball. That's not a reviewable play, right? Reviewable plays, as we know, are, you know, close plays at the plate, that type of thing. But right. In this case here, like what's, <laughs> right? So um, like, for example, now uh, manager wants to come to the mound. 30 seconds. The clock starts as soon as the manager leaves the dugout. So now you can see John Schneider. He's at the top step. He's about to leave the dugout. He's got his hand on the rail. He takes the step. He doesn't take the step. The clock starts. <laughs> the clock stops. He hasn't taken a step out yet. Now the pitch clock is running. It's down to eight. And if it gets to eight, you can, inside of eight seconds, you can't do anything now. Now you're screwed, right? Now you're into the last eight seconds. That's another thing. Anyway, so if a manager joins the mound 
visit like in progress. Like there's a mount, like the infielders are already coming to talk to the pitcher and then the manager joins, he gets 20 seconds. <laughs> and once again, the umpire has discretion to grant additional time. If a manager or coach is dealing with a physical ailment. So now like, for example, let's say Lourdes Gurriel Jr. goes down in a heap <laughs> hit by a pitch. He gets an extra few seconds if the umpire says so. But if the umpire says, you're fucking around. You're pretending to be Maradona. No, no, no. You're not hurt. Get up. And then, and he takes five seconds away. Or he says, keep the clock going. Like, that's nuts, man. That's crazy. A bona fide medical issue. How do you know if it's a bona What are you, a doctor? You're an umpire. You're looking at him. You look hurt to me. Guy's in agony, writhing in agony, holding his ankle. And you're going to say, eh, looks to me like a bona fide medical issue. And what about when the trainer comes out? Then what happens, okay? More time added. It's like added time, like in soccer. It's at the referee's discretion. How much added time is there going to be? How many seconds? Right. Nuts. Now there's the shift, Mike. So here's the shift deal. Now I explained this to you before. They're doing this in minor league baseball. They tried it out. And now major league baseball is saying, we're going to ban the shift. So when the pitcher releases the ball, a minimum of four players besides the pitcher and catcher must have both feet completely in front of the outer boundary of the dirt all right. So, you know, where the dirt cutout is sure. and two fielders two, have to be entirely on either side of second base. Okay. So if you draw a line right through behind second base, straight back, there's a restricted area. That's going to be uh, that, that, that like sort of a inverted triangle there, right. That yep. comes out from the two from second base and that's a restricted area. So when the pitch is thrown, You've got to make sure that there's two players on either side. So you, one of the shortstop or second baseman can't be creeping into that area. Right. 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 Umpires again have discretion to penalize the fielding team with a ball. If the umpire detects players are attempting to circumvent the rules. So here's my thing, Mike, which umpire is watching what? Okay. We know that the home plate umpire is responsible for balls and strikes and any foul ball that is between him home plate and the bags. We know the responsibilities of the first base umpire, but is he now going to watch to make sure the second baseman doesn't creep into the restricted zone? And the third base, are, you, are we adding more umpires now too? Got to have the left field and right field umpires. Are they the ones that are going to watch to see if these rules are being circumvented on the field or are they going to be eyes in the sky? And oh, and by the way, what about a challenge? Yes, the answer is teams can challenge whether a team complied with the shift. So the ump says up, oh, you were in the restricted zone. And the manager goes, nope, we're going to challenge that. <laughs> yeah, that's like when you see the, the goal and they challenge, was that guy offside like, you know, 12, 12 oh, minutes ago or whatever. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> and finally, the bases will now be 18 inches square rather than the present 15 inches. So you can hang on to that base. It's easier to, I guess, hey, nice big base to, to, to slide for. Nice big base. What do you think? Okay, here's my quick thoughts, and then we want to hear what you think. But my quick thoughts are... I think I told you what I think. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's too much at once. How are we going to even... Like, it just becomes too complex. But I guess... I hear you. But... I guess you got to start somewhere, right? We'll see, so, we'll, we'll see when it's implemented, what it's like. Right. And it sounds like they've tr tested this out in the minors, and it was a success enough that they're going to bring it to the majors. But... I guess I, I never liked the shift. I hate the shift. I just, these balls are hit and they're, you know, oh, this was a, this was a clear single when I was 12 years old. Well, well it's Mike, it's not, it's not unlike if you said, look, let's just put two defensemen and the goalie standing in front of the net. Right. Let's just do that. We're going to change. Well, no, you can't. Well, well, who says we can't? 
Well, you got to have one player there, one player there, one player outside uh, the circle, one player inside the circle, like in hockey with a face-off. It's the same thing. Okay, but this is the key, okay? And this is, I, I can't get my 20-year-old to go to a Blue Jay game with me. These games are too long. Agreed. When we go to TFC, we know, okay, 90 minutes of play. No, no, I know, I know, you're right. It's so different. I can't, this guy, oh yeah, this game might be three hours. These kids, they don't want to go to a three-hour baseball game. Like, we have to speed things up. Two and a half hours, I think, is a sweet spot if we could ever get it to that. So no, whatever it takes. No, no, fuck it, fuck it. It's not going to happen. Forget it. Those days are gone, you Mike. Try. Mike, you're trying to restrict the amount of time that goes on while the game is going on. you got your two minutes between innings. That's where you sell your commercials, right? When the play is dead, when there's actually no activity going on, Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like 90% of the time. Think about it. Until sure. the pitcher throws the ball, there's this dead time. Yeah. Dead time. The base runners are here. We all know about this. It's a different game. You can't put a clock on it. That's all that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, so, so am I gonna fight these rules? Baseball. Am I gonna fight these rules or am I gonna embrace these rules? I have to embrace them. I have to. I have to. I love baseball. You right? love baseball, but remember, your parents went to all three New York uh you know, stadiums on their honeymoon. Like this is in your blood. If you're coming to this game, like if I'm getting Monica into Blue Jay baseball, which she is a bandwagon jumper and she's about to jump on. It's a very exciting time in this household. But it really is tough with these three hour games. I, I just wish we, whatever. I'm sorry, it, Mike, I'm sorry. Don't tell me that because he, look, if I said to you, it's a great movie, it's three hours. You're going to go, nah. And I said, it's a great movie. It's two and a half hours. You go, okay, come on, man. Come on, it's live. You don't know what's going to happen. You think during an 18-minute inning, you're going, oh, Jesus, the inning is taking 18 minutes. It's exciting as hell. So come on, man. Like, baby steps. Let's try. They're trying. They're trying to slow. Yeah, they're trying. So let's trying see how the, And I agree with you that there's times where it's like, come on, throw the pitch already. But there's also times in tennis where I'm saying to Rafael Nadal, come on, serve it already. Anyway, speaking <laughs> of tennis, how's this? Yeah. The men's semifinals set for the U.S. Open this afternoon, number two, number 27, Karen Hachinov against number five, Casper Ruud. And the winner of that match gets the winner of the big one. That's tonight when American Francis Tiafo, what a great story. Seed of 22nd gets number three seed, young Carlos Alcaraz, who went five hours and 15 minutes on Tuesday night into Wednesday morning before dispatching Jakob Sinner in the quarters. The match ended at 2.50 a.m. How do I know this? I was awake. Wow. Point. Yeah. After, I don't know, I got a couple of 15 minute naps in, I think along the way, you know, in set two, set three, set four, wow. set five. Um, in the last three matches, Alcaraz has spent over 15 hours on court. <laughs> 15 hours for crying out loud. Folks, they got to get rid of the second night match at these events. The first night match starts at 7 p.m. That's fine. But in men's play, unless you're going to get rid of the best three out of five for the men, it's taken. It's going to take at least three hours to play. All right. And if it's the men, so that's guess what that is. It starts <laughs> at seven. It ends at ten. The other guys come on at ten thirty. Three more hours. That's one thirty a.m. minimum. Wow. This went to two fifty a.m. So stop it already with this. Find a way to either have the both matches played concurrently and go back and forth between Louis Armstrong Stadium and Arthur Ashe Stadium. You could do that. Now let's check this out. Or if you wanted to watch one match exclusively, have it streamed or have it in one of your other channels. Come on, you can do that. You can do it. It just goes on way too late. It's not good for the players, not good for the spectators, not good for the TV viewers. That's all I'm going to say about that. The women's final tomorrow. Number one seed, Iga Swiatek of Poland against the number five seed, Ons Jabur of Tunisia. Poland versus Tunisia. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Swiatek lost the opening set to Sabalenka yesterday and then Blitzed her the next two and won it. 
and Jabir blitzed the Caroline Garcia of France in straight sets. Uh, there's been some really terrific tennis out there. A lot of people have not seen it because of the time, but boy, this might be the, I don't know, the, the best year I, I can imagine with all the top seeds out and Djokovic not playing and Federer's not here and uh, Nadal is out and, you know, um, I guess most, a lot of the top women are up, but mostly on the men's side. We're seeing some really terrific uh, tennis. It's great. You should check it out. And while you're at it, watch the McEnroe documentary. McEnroe doc. Okay. Yeah, it's on Crave. Really good. He's, he's great. Such he's... an asshole. He's such an asshole. And everyone in the doc says, such an asshole. And you know, he's such an asshole. And he knows he's such an asshole. But it's in his DNA. His old man was an asshole. <laughs> right? He, was... he couldn't help but be an asshole. His brother doesn't seem to be an asshole. But anyway. So I will say, as a, I'm not as big a tennis fan as you, obviously, or, uh, you know, Raptors devotee on your YouTube channel, everything, watching these things at 2.50 a.m. But all these names that are left on the men's side, uh, I don't believe I've ever, like, seen these names before. It's funny. The, the well, you're not as big into tennis, but uh, these uh, they're so all, Hachinov they're, is and Root. Hachinov, yeah. He's a, oh, Casper Root. Oh, yeah. Norwegian, man. Yeah, yeah. Tiafo yeah. and Al. Carez. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Alcarez is an amazing young player. Yeah. Yeah. The, the next Nadal, I guess they're saying. It's okay. Great. I've got some. And, T- and TFO is a great, great, great story. Um, okay. you know, Did you watch? Uh... He's good friends. TFO is good friends with Felix Oje Aliasim. Like these guys on the men's side, they're all buddies. On the women's side, it's becoming more that way, but it ne- it wasn't like, like when the guys play, if they play a five setter, like one will say to the other one, let's go for a beer afterwards. Like McEnroe talks about that in the documentary where he says, you know, he loses to Vitas Garolitis and afterwards Garolitis says, what are you doing tonight? Uh-huh. McEnroe's like 19 years old. You can come with me. We'll go to Studio 54. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, and that's something that I've talked talk to a lot of tennis players. And then women's, the women's tennis is a much lonelier existence. Rebecca Marino quit the tour. She had no idea how lonely it could be and just how, you know, it's just you. <laughs> right? No. Okay, so, before we we move on from tennis, though, uh, yeah. did you watch the uh, the the final uh, match of Serena Williams's? Career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was a huge blockbuster for television ratings, and it's good to see. It's good. Very. I like the drama. I loved the drama of of uh, live sports, and you can't beat it. Okay, one last question though, because I've been wanting to ask you this all week. But Arash Madani put out a tweet to remind people about Steffi Graf's career which was mm-hmm. not as many majors, but many less years played. I think she retires at 31 or something. And she, yeah. she wins some ridiculous percentage of matches that she, uh, tournaments Gosh, that she entered. Phenomenal player. Phenomenal player. So then I think even Arash's tweet was sort of just, don't forget Steffi. People really, uh, on Twitter anyways, really turned on Arash for this. And mm. uh, I like, what are your thoughts? Like, we can have this conversation. Like, maybe Serena not, not the not, GOAT. Did nothing wrong. It's all about context, Okay. You know, for anyone to think that Arash would make any type of statement, you know, that could be considered racist is absurd. It's absurd. All he's say, all all he's trying to say is, you know, as great as Serena was, and she was great, Steffi Graf had a really good career too. Now you can say take nothing away from Serena. You could say here's a comparison, but most people are looking saying, oh, he doesn't like Serena. Eh? Oh, he he's he's um he's poo pooing her career, huh? He's he's saying she's not the greatest, huh? Well, fuck you. Well, you know what? It's Twitter, so screw it. That's my answer to that. Okay. Yeah, but people's reaction. I know it's Twitter. I don't care about people's reaction. I'm telling you, it's all about context. 
and I'm looking for a fight. They're looking for a fight. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it's let's forget about the conversation that, you know, you know, it's the right answer. versus Serena. Yeah. Yeah. People can get very upset by a tweet and say that they're never going to whatever. And you're a jerk and all that kind of a thing. And you're a racist. And it's very easy. The easiest thing in the world is to say to someone that they're racist. He did delete that tweet, though, at some point. Well, sure. He just didn't want to have the hassle anymore. I mean, if he probably came down and said, maybe I shouldn't have said something. But I know what he was trying to do. Yeah, I would say Serena was a great player. I mean, my favorite was Steffi, but you can't do that in the midst of all this loving for Serena. You just can't do it. Let's get into sports radio now, Mike. It's been faltering in recent years, but recently two all sports stations celebrated anniversaries. The fan 590 celebrated. I don't know if that's the right word. Acknowledged that for 30 years, they've been doing all sports right. and TSN 690. They celebrated 20 years. As an all-sports station in Montreal, huge party last night in Montreal, led by veteran Mitch Melnick, Melnick in the afternoon, and many and virtually all former employees on air and off and current employees of TSN 690 in Montreal. Not in Toronto, though. You notice I didn't see a big a bunch of big get together of former fan personalities, of which there are many, mm-hmm. many, 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 many. And even the people working there, with the exception, I think, of Roger Lejoie, who's been there the longest, sure. as a part-timer, right? But the longest. I mean, other than that, I mean, who's been there for a long time? You know, Blair, Jeff Blair's been there for a while, but nobody's Brunt. been there. Nobody's been there 20 years at the fan, right? Stephen Brunt, maybe. I got to do now, that. I'm talking about on a full-time. I, I'm talking yeah. about the personalities there. You know okay. what I mean? You're right. You're it's right. not like everybody at the fan's going, hey, let's all get together and celebrate. You've been here for 30 years. Right. And, no, there isn't anybody. There's really, there's some people behind the scenes, I guess, but... Not like, I, but the one in Montreal, even though it's only 20 years, looks like like lots of people, man. And they and TSN radio, they, they were cutting stations left, right and center. And fans been around all 30 years, you know, but just sort of not the same. Anyway, these stations are spending less money. We know that uh, rather than more trying to draw listeners, um, keep listeners, anything. Um, and there's competition, you know, the fan was it for years and now TSN, uh, you know, 1050's got uh, the best show in the city, Overdrive, mm-hmm. and the number one personality, Jeff O'Neill. Right. Right. Now, um, before the fan became the fan, it was pretty much already a sports radio station, having been so since the 50s, a CKFH, Foster Hewitt station that carried all the Leafs and the later the Blue Jay games. Now, you had Scott Metcalf on the other day. Um, and that was a really good show. And he, 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 he's a great historian too. He was there. Uh, and Scott arrived there in 1981 when telemedia took over or, or bought from Foster Hewitt, uh, the 1430 signal changed it from CKFH to CJCL. My time at that frequency preceded that I had come back for a second stint when it was CJCL, I was working in Montreal at the time. But before that, one of my first jobs was, as you know, I was in a, you know, Bob McCowan's producer on his talk show and then eventually became a sportscaster at CKFH. And uh, my drunk of a boss fired me in 1979. I sued for wrongful dismissal and lost the case. And then I went to Montreal, got a gig in Montreal and that went pretty good. And then I, and then they called me and said, Hey, we're buying the station from Foster Hewitt, buddy, Jim Fonger, who was the original First engineer on Blue Jay radio broadcast called me up and said, hey, do you want to come from Montreal? Do you want to come and be Bob McCowan's radio producer on this new, you know, um, CJCL? The new ownership's kicking over and Bob's got his talk show. And do you want to be the, um, do you want to be his producer? And I went, uh, no, 
Um, thanks anyway, but I'm already an announcer. I'm doing a great gig here. I'm on the air every day. Love it. Um, I don't want to be a producer. I want, I'd like to host my own show. And he went, oh, okay. Uh, and then he got back to me a while later and said, okay, the show's yours. We, they fired McCowan. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> so now I go back, right? And yes. I, I last, I'm there nine months. I'm doing the talk show, but it's also 1981 and baseball goes on strike for 50 days. And, you know, um, there's no games. Guess who's filling in five hours a night? Because there's no baseball. Right. That's me. And things aren't going good and people aren't listening to the radio. They're certainly lost listening to our station because there's no baseball, no baseball to talk about. And it's a bad signal anyways. You bad should... signal. Yeah. Anyway, so nine months goes by and, and, I, and I get fired again. Bad ratings, they say. Um, and a week after getting fired and I was fired by J. Michael Phillips and Larry Silver. Uh, while the president of, I believe, the general manager of the station, Leslie Soul, God rest his soul, um, was away. And when Leslie Soul got back from holidays and found out that these guys had fired me, he immediately took me out to lunch and tried to rehire me. Wow. But by then, I had gotten a call from CKEY 590, which was getting the rights to NFL football on radio the Monday night games and all that. And they wanted to have a talk show, an evening talk show. And they had called me and offered me a job. So when Leslie Soul, the late Leslie Soul, took me out for lunch and, and bought me a nice steak lunch and everything like that. And, and, you know, said, Hey, we want you back. I said to him, um, I can't do it. I made an agreement to go to CKUI. And then when I took the show at CKUI, I kicked the shit out of the ratings there. I, I we did very well. And we, we beat up um, CKFH, uh, CJCL. They had Earl McRae on and our, our numbers were 10 times what his were at the time. But you're right. The signal was terrible in Toronto and the CKFH brand was getting old and tired. And it was a decent rock and roll station in the sixties and early seventies. And they changed it to, to CJCL, the CL for Canadian living magazine, which was the, the, the new owner, uh, uh, telemedia, Philippe de Gaspé Bobian. He had publishing, he had TV guide, he had Canadian living magazine had all these radio stations in Quebec powerhouse radio stations, uh, talk stations, based talk stations, and it took over there. That's what happened. I would have, uh, I probably would have been invited to take on some show at the fan at some point, but by then I was at Global and doing really well. Yeah. And then even after that, they called Taddy and said, do you want to hook up with Mary Ormsby and do a show? And I think he had, a, he worked with Steve Simmons also, I think. Um, and he was doing like, I think a 10 AM to noon show while he was doing sports line at the same time, which I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about it. And I was probably a bit jealous. I'm like, fuck, I should be doing the, you know, I should be doing the radio talk show, not him. Like, you know, if it was like that, but he was, but again, they wanted to, I don't know what the deal was. I don't know if he approached them or they approached him, but I do know that McCowan did not want me working back in the same building as him. Cause I had taken over for him on radio. And then I took over for him on sports line on TV Right. So he didn't want me back in there. And I get it. I get it. Fascinating. So what, just for the record, um, it was, it went all sports 30 years ago, but you said it was essentially a sports station before that, but it was, it had was the Jays and it had like, the Leafs. Sure. But it was like, they still played. I know. I remember at the end, it was music of your life or whatever, but they, oh, they, yeah. 
they played music from like I don't know what it was like from eight to eight or whatever the timing was. But like the so like half the day was like music radio and half. Yeah, the day but during but during the day, the newscasts and the sportscasts were. I mean, they were sports heavy. I mean, I did the when I started there. I was I was a kid. I was twenty one years old. I was doing the four p.m. sports. Like the news would come on. I think it was Murray Eldon. It was Murray Eldon. And Love you know, it. News. And, you know, and then, you know, uh, at four o'clock, it's four o'clock. I'm Marie Eldon or Bren Traff. These guys were veteran news guys with voices, whiskey and cigarettes, voices, heavy yeah. smokers. Right. And, and news. And, you know, and now with sports, Mark Hepsher, you know, I mean, hi, everybody, you know, with my, you know, sure. young sportscaster voice and man, everything, man, here's tonight's schedule. Here's the Jays. He didn't get the lineups in those days or anything like that. Right. You know, here's the pitching matchup and, and yeah. maybe a clip from last night's game, you know, and then last night the Jays won it on, you know, home run by, you know, by Ron Fairley. And here's the call. And you'd run Tom Cheek's clip from the night before, or you'd run Tom Cheek's report. He would always do a report. You know, the Blue Jays take on the Texas Rangers tonight. Ferguson Jenkins, swinging 25 and nine pitching for the Rangers against Dave Steve. Uh, you know, last night, and then they'd run a little clip of, you know, Lloyd Bosby's home run, whatever it was. Yeah. But you always, you know, that's where you would go for your Blue Jays and your Leafs news because. As reporters, that's what we were covering. CFRB had a great sports department. The late Fred Locking, who passed away this week. Dave Hodge, Bill Stevenson, Sunil Joshi, Brian Williams. Fucking powerhouse, man. CKUI had Jim Hunt, Brad Diamond. Excellent. Uh, Dick, Sm uh, sorry, no, Brian Henderson on Chum. Rick Hodge on Chum FM. Uh, Jim McKenney on City. Debbie Van Kiekebel, Russ Salzburg. Oh man, you know, you had really good sports coverage and never mind. And then the, the daily papers, man, the globe, the, the, the sun, the star. Yeah. Wonderful. Good reporting, solid local sports reporting and, and beyond. Wow. Good. I'm glad you shouted out Fred Locking because uh, did you know he actually passed away August 23rd? Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We only yeah, found yeah. out about it this week, but a few weeks uh, yeah, in uh, Kingston, in um, Kingston, but he was living, I believe he was living in Belleville down East. Nice guy, gentle guy, big, tall guy. Like Freddie was, you know, like, Oh, there's Fred. There was no, like, well, you couldn't find Fred had good hair too. <laughs> and good hair, but, and also just a voice that, you know, you would turn around and go, wow, that's, that's Fred Locking. Right. Cause he would come through on, see on 10, 10, the signal was just so great. I mean, we were so envious at 1430. I mean, you know, you never got a signal like it was clear and just resonant. And the mics they had, they had way better mics, way better equipment than we had, right? Way better. Their transmitter was way better. Everything about it. The sound was just, you know, you would hear Jack Dennett or, you know, my God, the voice of God. And, you know, Fred Locking, CFRB Sports, you know, and just he was dynamite. Really you know, great. You, you mentioned, I know, uh, the voices, right? Like when I think about, you know, yourself, you talked about, you know, your young voice and it wasn't quite like those, you know, those booming voices we remember. But like, then you think about like a Jerry Howarth or a Joe Bowen, right? Two voices we'd hear on that frequency, you know. Yeah. Voice. They also like, I mean, think about Jerry and Jerry's voice. Like it's, 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 uh, it's almost like uh, it was okay to not sound like the Fred, you know, those Fred Locking traditional big voices. Absolutely. Like. Absolutely. That was an announcer. But, um, but those right. types of voices did not do commentary. You see, that's different. Oh. Like commentary was my Paul Harvey. Good day. Right. right. Uh, da, 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 and I'm telling you a story and the moral of the story. Da, da. Right. The newscaster, the straight reader was, here's the news. Right. Eight line, San Francisco. Da, 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 da. Here, now here's Fred Locking with sports. Good evening. The Argonauts take on the Montreal Alouettes tonight at CNA Stadium. Kickoff time is 7 10. 
Argo quarterback Wally Gabler, you know, that was, you know, there wasn't, there, there wasn't any, like there would, could be commentary in there, but not with that tone. Right. That wasn't comment. That was straight read. That's announcer. That's presentation. Mm. Anyway, um, before we go, uh, how do I say this? Let's see here. There's a story that kind of came out. It's kind of fell in my lap that I'm very concerned about that I don't have all the details of, but this, I do know there was an incident at global television that I believe uh, canceled the 11 PM news on Tuesday night. Um, someone in the newsroom, someone working, I don't know, a producer, somebody uh, brandished a knife may have threatened others had, I guess, a, a mental breakdown, stabbed himself multiple times. Uh, there was blood. Uh, apparently, the building was evacuated. Apparently, the news was canceled. I can't get confirmation on this. And here's why, because people that I know at Global who were there, either who were there or who have firsthand knowledge, um, uh, have been given a gag order. They, they are not allowed to speak to anybody about this oh. incident. Uh, I, I'm unaware if any criminal charges were laid. I don't know if, again, if, because someone would have to, uh, you know, lay those charges. Someone would have to say to the police, yes, this happened. And I would like to lay charges, for example. So I don't know. And if there were no criminal charges laid, then this goes down as a, you know, uh, I guess an incident that's, you know, you want to, I mean, was it attempted suicide? I don't know. Uh, it definitely but it's very it. fascinating that it it just, you know, I'm not saying that this would have been a big news story. I don't know. Okay. Especially with the queen passing away, let's be honest, but it's very concerning because I have friends. I have people, I have, I have people that I know and have known for many years. I worked in that newsroom or around, you know, for, you know, over a decade, even though that was a while ago. So I, there's still quite a few people that are obviously shaken by this and they continue to broadcast you know, uh, uh, live programming out of there, out of that newsroom where that incident took place. No one has returned my calls, but essentially the calls that I left, the messages I left with people were, if you don't call me back, I understand that you're under a gag order and you can't say anything. Right. And obviously if there, nothing had happened, they would have called back saying, I don't know what you're talking about, Mark. So no one has called back. I've gotten no response from uh, people at chorus entertainment that I've contacted just, you know, as a podcaster, but as someone also who's, you know, is very interested in this as a, you know, just as a human being, right? Like what, like so, what, ha what happened, right? What happened? And, and are people working there? Are they, are they getting help? What's going on? What kind of a workplace is this? That's, that's what I got. That's all I got. You know, do you know who, who's the anchor of that uh, newscast? Do you know? No. Okay, because I coincidentally, uh, in my calendar of Toronto Mike guests, uh, Farah Nasser is actually visiting me next week. Like well, she may be the she, anchor. On she that. may be able to uh, shed some light, or or she may be like everyone else under the gag order there. Uh, that I think essentially what's happening is you have to go through corporate. You got to go through um, course. Yeah, yeah you got to go through corporate here. You got to go through PR. You got, you're not nobody there. Um, will give you any information, right? Wow. Okay, Hebsey. Wow. And I got and I got pictures too. Wow. That's wild. I see. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wild. Wow. What the hell happened? So I. So you know when it happened, like I'm calling around to people. Like, did you hear about this? And they're going. And these are big people in the industry. 
at other places, not at global. Nope, didn't hear about it. Nope, didn't hear about it. Nope, nobody heard about it. And now I'm calling people at global and, and they're not calling back. And I'm e emailing people and I'm not hearing back. But again, on the emails too, saying, look, if I don't hear back from you, I can assume that you're under a gag order about this and that something did happen. And I didn't hear back from anybody, man. And let me tell you, lots of people. So that's that developing story. You know, it'll, I assume something will come. I don't know for a fact, if anything will come out in the mainstream media, but that's what I got. That's all I got. That's the update. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. That's it. How's that? I'm that's processing for... that one, Hebsy. Okay. All right. Wow. I'm just telling you what I know. I'm only telling you what I know. That's uh, all you can do. That's all I can do. That's it for episode number 300 of Hebsy on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. Thanks as well to our terrific sponsor, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Go to crosswindsgolf.com. Book your tee time online today and save $40 per foursome. And thanks to you for allowing us into your headspace. Please, please like us or write a nice review wherever you write your reviews. I don't know how the kids do it. <laughs> do whatever it takes to help uh, make this show better and to let folks know about it. Lie through your teeth if you have to and tell <laughs> folks that you love the show. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Back with another episode next week. Until then, so long for now.